Let me say something to the kids of America listening right now. If you want to have a good night, who would you rather be your cruise director on a night? If you had to plan, one of us had to plan your fun weekend, who would you rather have plan it? Me, Sean Daly, or Steve Spears, who's going to tell you, like, crawl into a bottle of wild turkey and cry? At least I get them through the weekend daily. <laughs> With alcoholism. Travel back in time to the 80s, reliving the laughter. <laughs> the heroes. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Go Ghostbusters. And the honesty. What's up, Norm? My nipples. It's freezing out there. <laughs> because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Sure, it's not 1985 right now, but who knows what tomorrow will bring. President of Paraguay with a fork. How have you been? Gee, I'm real sorry your mom blew up, Ricky. Doctor said she'll be okay. I guess she just won't be able to eat any spicy foods for a while. <laughs> I get so lost sometimes. I mean, I, I could be some crazy slime ball. I mean a real deranged, violent psycho, you know what I mean? I mean a guy who would rip your heart out and eat it just for pleasure! I used to dream I'd be surrounded by exotic women's underwear forever and ever. Now I know they just save their best pairs for the nights they know they're going to sleep with somebody. I'm sorry. It's just you're a really nice guy and we don't want to see you get hurt. I want to get hurt. Hey, hey, welcome to Stuck in the 80s. It's your host, Steve Spears with TampaBay.com. And today we honor one of the legends of the 80s, John Cusack. I don't want to sell anything, buy anything, or process anything as a career. I don't want to sell anything bought or processed, or buy anything sold or processed, or process anything sold, bought, or processed, or repair anything sold, bought, or processed. You know, as a career, I don't want to do that. With me as always... He'll say anything, but really, isn't he just better off dead? Uh, Mr. Sean Daly. I thought you were going to say I was a sure thing. I don't know that you're a sure thing. Oh, are you kidding me? I'm money in the bank, baby. <laughs> a sure thing, no questions asked, no no strings attached. No guilt involved. A sure, sure thing. thing. Yeah. My whole life, I never had a sure thing. <laughs> <laughs> come on, come on. Come on, ride this, Sean. So I was reprimanded for singing too much last week. So I won't do it for today's honorary show devoted to John Cusack. Would you say he is the definitive actor of the 1980s? God, that's a hell of a term to label somebody. Oh, with. no, I did it. <laughs> um, you going to put him over Michael J. Fox? I mean, a lot of people think over of Michael Fox. J. Think of Fox, Fox as being Mr. 80s or Molly Ringwald. I mean, oh, I don't she's kind of the face maybe, of the 80s. Maybe. Here's the thing about John Cusack. A um, couple of things. The reason we're doing this show, too, is because... Uh, Say Anything turns 20 this year, and there's a brand new DVD out, just came out November 3rd, and a potential stink bomb, the movie 2012, they yeah. call it Disaster Porn, comes out on <laughs> November 13th. Have you seen the uh, previous one? Yeah, that? I've seen it. You know, I, I have this theory about Cusack in his movies these days. He'll, he'll do like two mainstream ones in a row so that he can finance like one or two of his little indies. Yeah. Like he had War Inc., 
and um, let's see, um, Grace is gone. Oh, I mean, right. He's he, he'll, he'll do a couple of his projects, but to finance him, he's got to do 2012. Oh man, I don't think he must love dogs. Dogs. <laughs> do you love dogs? Yeah. I don't think uh, there's any real reason for us to see the world being destroyed at this time. <laughs> kind of seeing it be destroyed like one day at a time. Too I don't soon. really need it condensed into a two-hour yeah. package. But anyway, we're kind of honoring his, the best of his work. Yeah. Uh, Steve, you picked five movies. I picked five movies, all decades. But let's go back to what he represented in the 80s. I mean, basically, he wasn't in the in crowd, and he wasn't in the out crowd either, right? He was a yeah. man trying to find his way. He was a man uh, navigating the in-betweens. Right. If you ask me, well, what it is is his niche was not having a niche. I mean, he could have been a cool kid. He chose not to be. He could have been... You know, King of the Nerds, which I guess he kind of was in Sixteen Candles. But that was that was almost pre John Cusack. Yeah, he was, he was developing. Yeah. yeah, Sixteen Candles, class. Two movies that came out before. Class. People, I forgot all about God, that. God, what a great movie! I gotta tell you, you love that. Oh, Jack Bissett. Oh man, it might be Rob Lowe's best movie. You might be right. Where he dresses up as Jesus for the school dance, <laughs> cross and everything. I remember seeing it at the time, going, "That's outrageous." But um, Cusack's always been kind of like. You know, everyone everyone uh, honors him and worships him as Lloyd Dobler. I mean, he's synonymous with that character, and we'll talk more about uh, say anything. But but really, I mean, he's is that really who he is? We never know because the guy doesn't talk very much. No, he's a he, bit surly. He's a bit he, of an iconoclast. Yeah, when he does when he does press interviews, and if you're holding your breath waiting for us to have an interview with him, keep holding your breath. Yeah. But when he does interviews, he's surly. He's standoffish. Um, you don't. You get the impression he doesn't really care for his work from the 80s very much anymore. He does, you know, uh, he kind of separates himself from, like, uh, the Better Off Deads, the One Crazy Summers, that sort of thing. However, I think he's been forced to embrace Say Anything because it became such an iconic film. Yeah. You know, but we will. We'll talk about all that. But first of all, we have Five versus Five. Right. And I know we've covered a lot of these movies before as separate podcasts. And so we're not going to go into the, you know, the militia and all the trivia and all the fun parts of it. But we just kind of want pe- people to know these are what Sean and I consider to be our five favorites. And we did have one rule when we picked our fives. We, there's no repetitions, right? You couldn't pick, say anything if I picked it. Right. And, uh, you know, I can't pick uh, 1408 if you pick it. So. Yeah, and the nice thing is uh, I don't have any recollection of any podcast before this, so it's all fresh for me. Yeah, it's Basically, like, we've never talked about I noticed that you've before. gone to writing my name down on a piece of paper <laughs> so that you, when you forget, you can look down. <laughs> well said, C- Steve Smears. <laughs> Damn it. I can... Okay, hit me with your first pick. All right, I'm going to start off with a big one. Okay, I'm going to start with a biggie, and I'm going to say on my top five, and these are in no particular order, but I'm going to hit you with Say Anything. And this girl was different, man. When we go out, we wouldn't even have to go out, you know? We'd just hang out. The girl made me trust myself, man. I was walking around, I was feeling satisfied. Can you imagine that? And then she cuts me loose. I don't know why. She won't tell me why. Who knows the real reason? Maybe it's because of her father. I don't know. She won't talk to me. She won't look at me. Excellent pick. You know, the Forever Fiance watched the uh, deluxe, brand new deluxe uh, 20th anniversary edition the other day. They sent it to me. Did you get one, Steve? I have one. It's on my desk. You son of a... When did you get it? Prasal gave it to me. Ah, so you didn't really get it sent to you. But anyway, and she was fascinated. I haven't seen it yet, but they have these deleted scenes, this footage of him, of John Cusack, hating 
the iconic scene with the radio when In Your Eyes is playing. Right, yeah. And I guess it's like you see him, like, ah, here it is, you know, and Cameron Crowe's got to, like, cajole him into, come on, John, this is a good scene. And he hated it. And yet, what happened? Look at that. It's on yeah. T-shirts. It's basically the story of your life. I wish. Whenever God. you come to pick me up, you got to do the whole play the radio thing. But it's like Dr. Feelgood. It doesn't <laughs> quite work. It's like, Steve, turn it off. <laughs> the FF is like, oh, Spears is outside again with the radio. <laughs> Hey, you know what's kind of funny about that iconic scene was uh, when he's holding up the juke, the uh, boombox, you know, they had not yet secured rights to Peter Gabriel's In Your Eyes. And and I think the money that they had to spend to get that song was almost equal to the entire budget of the movie. Wow. But um, he's holding up the jukebox. And at that time, and when they filmed it, it was really Fishbone that was playing. Yeah. And Cameron Crowe, in the original script, uh, the song was going to be To Be a Lover. By Billy Idol. That's a horrible. Well, Cameron Crowe said, like, when he was, it was the two days that he ever liked that song, and he happened to be writing the script. So, you know, Calmer Heads prevailed, yeah. and in your eyes, this beautiful song. And it still kind of gives me chills when I see it. I don't understand why Cusack believed that that, that, that scene is something that Lloyd Dobler wouldn't do. It's, yeah. it's exactly what Lloyd Dobler would do. He did not think it was in character. It was, it's completely in character. What was Cusack thinking? I don't know. He's surly. He's surly and taciturn, much like well, you. I, I know that he didn't even want to do the movie in the first place because he felt he had already grown out of high school roles. And, and, and Cameron Crowe had to like basically beg him, look, this is your part. I mean, I wrote this for you. Right. You've got to do it. It doesn't work with anybody else. So, I mean, maybe he goes into this project already kind of with a... You know, chip on his shoulder. Yeah, you get the feeling uh, with this all this new bonus stuff that Cameron Crowe and John Cusack didn't have the best relationship. But maybe, but maybe that helped the performance a bit. I don't think they've ever worked since no. together. I mean, Cusack kind of works for who he wants to. He doesn't really. He's not one of those actors who 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 finds a director and continues to work with him over and over and over again. Eric Stoltz is somebody that is in Stoltzy. every single I can't wait to our Cameron Crowe movie. Every single Let's get one. Let's Stoltz on the phone. He'll talk to us. After uh, Carl Weathers. Yeah, we're still waiting for that callback. All right, boom. So there you go. Number one, say anything. What do you got? Counter uh, that, I'm going to counter say anything with my personal favorite Cusack movie. Not from the 80s. Forgive me. High Fidelity. In the making of a great compilation tape like breaking up is hard to do and takes ages longer than it might seem you got to kick it off with a killer to grab attention then you got to take it up a notch but you don't want to blow your wad so then you got to cool it off a notch there are a lot of rules anyway i've started to make a tape in my head for laura full of stuff she'd like full of stuff that would make her happy For the first time, I can sort of see how that's done. I believe when I fall in love with you, it will be forever. Yes, High Fidelity, based on the uh, 1995 British novel of the same name by Mr. Nick Hornby. I, here's my problem. That could have been a great movie, High Fidelity, but his girlfriend... The Norse woman? And you know me, Mama, no. I love the Norse women, right. but she annoys me. I hate it. And so his pining for her, making mixtapes for her, him the whole voiceover for her, doesn't work because she's unlikable. She's unappealing, Steve. I'll give you that. <laughs> no, she is. She's horrible. But you think that works. You know, you can't... Far be it for me to try to explain what attracts a man to a woman to Mr. Sean Daly. I'd love to hear you explain that. I, I don't, but 
you just have skeletons that come dancing out. Look at where all these skeletons come from. But there's something about they have a good chemistry together, and obviously they 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 fill each other's niches. You know? I think he should have stuck with Lisa Bonet. Then you'd have a movie. Then you get Sean Daly's stamp of approval. Yeah, I don't know. I to me, this I can ne- I can't stop. Yeah, you just keep <laughs> making a little hair on there. Oh my god, there's no hair on the hoagie. How <laughs> many times I have to tell I'll be you? That. Auctioning off this picture too. Oh Jesus, Sean Daly's phallic stamp of approval. What's wrong with this movie? I mean, it's got a cameo by Bruce Springsteen. That's great. No, I, listen, I like I said, you love it. You just do you think the no, woman kills it? No, I don't it. love it. I won't even watch it. I watch the Lisa Bonet parts <laughs> and the Jack Black. It's all funny. And I look, I've read about music for a living, but she's so annoying and awful. I, I can't get into but it. But isn't Steve. he kind of annoying and awful too? I mean, don't they kind of deserve each other? I don't know. And the thing is, is let's be honest, that is not considered a classic. High Fidelity. It didn't do great. It kind of got dinged. It's not as great and perfect as it could be. Is there any movie on this list that is great and perfect as it should be? Say anything. Uh... One crazy summer. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'm a. Oh, I got I got a bunch. My list kicks your list butt. Okay, by the way. trump out your next one then. Ready? Yeah. A little movie I like to call being John Malkovich. There's a tiny door in my office, Maxine. It's a portal, and it takes you inside John Malkovich. You see the world through John Malkovich's eyes, and then after about 15 minutes, you're spit out into a ditch on the side of the New Jersey turnpike. Sounds great. Who the f*** is John Malkovich? This is an uncomfortable movie. <laughs> yeah, it really is. But deliberately so. High Fidelity is supposed to be like, oh, come on, like a, like a warm embrace. Warm embrace my ass. He Remember... Be John Malkovich, of course, 1999, directed by Spike Jones. It's a puckish <laughs> dissertation on identity, celebrity, and puppetry. <laughs> Isn't oh. everything? It is very uncomfortable, but it's bizarre, and I love. It's the whole chaos theory. It's almost like contained madness, and I like. I like that. No, I, I don't like to watch movies that make me feel like I. That make me feel so uncomfortable to the point where I feel like I have to take a shower. It's kind of like your whole life. You're looking for an escape. Yeah, I want an escape. I don't want something that makes me feel worse. I like it. it I don't like watch people. horror movies. What, what do horror movies give you? Yeah, you're Nothing. missing out on that, too, my friend. No, I'm not missing anything. I love being John Malkovich. Plus, Catherine Keener does it for me. Totally hot for her. Malkovich is good. Malkovich is great. He's awesome. Yeah, I still don't. Floor seven and a half. When he's got to, like, hunker down. It's fantastical. Yeah. It's Louis Carolian. <laughs> I mean, that'd be Carolian. Oh, know. God. Okay. Can All right, I, hit can me. I, Try to beat Bean John Malcolm. I don't even have to top it, because you know who I have to top it for me? Who? Walter Gibb Gibson. You know, Allison, I never met anyone like you before. Usually when I meet someone new, I feel awkward and shy. But with you, it's different. I feel I can talk to you. You know what I'm thinking without me having to explain it to you in fancy terms. We speak each other's unspoken language. What? Fluently. Allison, I love you. Did it hurt you? No. Ah! Yeah, the sure thing from 1985. Suck on that daily. (laughs) Oh, jeez. I actually like this movie. Well, you should. Yeah, no, I like this movie. There's nothing wrong with this movie. The only thing that's wrong with this movie is uh, I don't like the opening credits opening up with Infatuation by Rod Stewart. So that's the wrong move. Oh, but I like the Jeff Beck uh, guitar part in that. Uh... 
No? What the hell are you doing? That was the Jeff Beck guitar part. Infatuation. Chaka, chaka. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I like this movie a lot. In fact, Spearsy, mm-hmm. uh, this is Rob Reiner's second movie, right? He did Spinal Tap, then he did Sure Thing. Yeah. Um, if you look in the closet in Gibbs' uh, dorm room, you'll see a poster hanging for Spinal Tap. Oh, really? Yep. Oh, that's a great little tidbit. You do good research on this show. Yeah. Um, you've often said that if I were a John Cusack character, that I would be Gibby, right? I, I'm torn now because I'm, th- I'm really starting to think it through. You're either Gibby from Sure Thing or you could be his best friend, Anthony Edwards, a.k.a. Lance. Really? Yeah. Think I about it. Think about or. it. I take him. Yeah. I take him. You're and then kinda, I could be Gib. You're kind of like... Um, I'm the Daphne Zuniga character. <laughs> no, yuck. Don't, There's nothing don't wrong. That. Okay, no, no, let's... Because then we wind up can, doing it. Can we... Why you always got to bring it into the, 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 the gay oh, gutter? Oh, I didn't think about that. I'm the sorry. The gator. <laughs> okay, let's, let's... Who would you rather? Oh, Jesus. Daphne Zuniga. Or Nicolette Sheridan. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not going to make it that easy. Give me another... Oh, or, or Ioni oh, Sky. We not, we, you know, we both have a thing I, for Ioni Sky. Know, Rachel but, Papers, baby. Rachel Papers. God, we need that on DVD. That you needs to be a different audio commentary. I bet you fancy commentary. yourself a Lloyd Dobler, don't you? No. Yeah, you think you're Dobler. No. Oh, I can Nobody's see it Dobler. over your giant head. It says Dobler everywhere. No, it doesn't. Okay, so you if think, you're... Oh, so sensitive with the ladies. Oh, she gave me a pen. Well, there's some moments where I'm Dobbler. You got a shitload Here's my of problem pens with Dobbler. Dom- I got a whole shitload of <laughs> pens. Here's the problem with Dobbler um, as far as why Dobbler can't be me. The guy's got no direction whatsoever. I mean, he, he graduates from high school barely. He's not going to go to college. He doesn't know what he's going to do. Maybe he'll join the Army. Maybe he won't. All he wants to do basically is be with Diane Court, which, right. you know, I can't, can't blame him for that, but that's not very Spearsonian. <laughs> no, I guess. What is Spearsonian? Uh, I would say I'm more like Rob Gordon from High Fidelity, you know. Con- yeah, you constant- are. I mean, I, you know, he had he, you and your stupid top five, top five lists, which I was spouting off before I even saw that movie. The um, the idea that he's he's not happy in what he's doing. He feels like he's he's at his record store and he's miserable, and it, and that's why his girlfriend leaves him because he's so unhappy. And it's like he he has these greater ambitions. He just doesn't have the the guts to to reach and out and grab them, and, and I think, that, and so, kind of, I think more Rob Gordon with me. That might have been the most honest, stuck in the 80s moment of all time. <laughs> Let's just you, t- should I get Deborah Foreman on the phone? Yeah, you really should. <laughs> My God, people are sobbing out there. I don't think so. But hey, make sure when you go back and, and produce that, put some really soft, sad music underneath it, like this. Love stinks. Love stinks. There you go, Spearsy. Always trying to mask the pain with a laugh. Let so, it out, baby. Let it out. It's all I've got, my friend. It's all I've got. Great. The Spears mailbox fills up again. Oh, <laughs> I'll hug you. No. I'll hug you, Rob Gordon. There are no hugs out there <laughs> waiting for me. Hugs, not drugs, Spearsy. Hugs, not drugs. <laughs> okay, let me ask you this. My sad little puppet. My sad little clown. Tears of a clown. The Steve Spears story. I want you to squirt a few more. <laughs> So we should do a show, Top 10 Steve Spears Crying Moments. Number eight. <laughs> <laughs> lasagna girl. <laughs> lasagna girl. 
<laughs> I miss your mozzarella mustache. <laughs> and her peach lingerie from from JC Penney. God, you are such a sap. And the chicks love it. Does anybody else have is peach? You know what? I get on my Facebook here. I am trying to cultivate my own audience, and every day I get some new message from somebody saying like, "Oh, hi, Sean. I just want to say I love the podcast. P.S. Give Spearsy a hug for me. Give him a hug for me. What about my hugs?" <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, so let's move on. Acting classes, free of charge. Uh, in the battle of Savage Steve Holland, uh, John Cusack movies, of course, uh, Savage Steve was the director of One Crazy Summer and Better Off Dead. Which one would you take? That's a no-brainer. Better Off Dead. I don't think it's a no-brainer. I don't think it's a no-brainer at all. You're going to... One gonna Crazy re- Summer, baby. Act! Why are you so fat? Why are you so fat? Come on! Good party, huh? George, where are your friends, the twins? Are they watching that monster? Don't worry about it, man. They're very reliable. Trust me. Well, thank you very much. It feels good to be back here at the Club Tokyo. Hi, how you doing? Where are you from? What do you do for a living? I love summer beachy comedies. Bobcat Goldthwait just kills movies. What? He just does. He's an underappreciated genius, yeah, like you, me. But, he, but he's I'm just, the Bobcat Goldthwait of the, of the podcast. You know, the world. only movie I can think no of. No one hugs Bobcat either. The only movie I can think of that he helps is Scrooged. <laughs> Seriously. You're right, he did. He, he did helps help that, that movie. Every other movie. I, I can think of, I and mean, I might be wrong, and, and email us if I am, but I think uh, Bobcat Goldthwait is like box office poison for the most part. Not even box office. Police Academy 2. That's an awful movie. God, are you insane? Oh, come on. If it's okay, on, okay. you watch some of it. Better He's Off funny. Dead is obviously a cult classic. It's got Shakes Diane- the Clown? Shake. Uh, <laughs> but um, Better Off Dead has Diane Franklin, who uh, we I think we've acknowledged as one of the top five girls next door of the 80s, right? Yeah, she's hot. It's got, um, God. got mole. I like that mole. Molly, 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 molly. It's got Amanda Weiss as Beth. Oh, I just I do like this movie. There's just not. I know we've done a whole episode on it before. Uh, one crazy summer has a young actress by the name of Demi Moore, who was Demi back then. Oh, I just can't stand her in this. And there's no chemistry between her and Cusack at all. Nantucket. We have the characters of Egg Stork. Oh, George Calamari? <laughs> no. Those are like the Kenzian names. It's awful. Each name explains the personality trait. Ack, ack. Curtis Armstrong? My cast. Kick- oh, Curtis Armstrong's in Better Off Dead, too. Yeah. But I got Curtis Armstrong. I got uh, Joel Murray. Hilarious. Uh, He's a Murray. I just, I just think, this, I just think uh, One Crazy Summer is like a B movie at best. And I mean like B movie. I don't mean like grade-wise. I mean like... It's a, you know, El Turdo of the it's 80s. Not a, it's not El Turdo. Hoops yeah. McCann. No. I think you're like Hoops McCann. That's your character. No. Shitbag. <laughs> all right. We'll never do, I'm we'll not gonna, never listen, do a listen, show. Hey, look, all right. Shh. Hey, Adele's a clown. Punching bag. Yeah, take take a few shots at him. You know, I got feelings too. <laughs> all right. I'll give you. All right. I'll give you Better Off Dead. Okay. It's a great one. Okay. Can I hit you with another one that I think that uh, people don't talk about enough? Yeah. 1991. True Colors. The moves on this kid stuck his tire. It's no move that's a crime. Okay, so I created a situation. So what? It's wrong. (laughs) 
What do you think? The Department of Justice never cuts corners? It's a brand new day in America, man. What the f*** does that mean? Don't get caught. Yeah, take that. Yeah, true shite is more <laughs> like it, my Cusack friend. Cusack and Spader. Oh, you and your your Spader fixation. Not my Spader fixation. Everybody's Spader <laughs> fixation. Like Spader. People love Spader, and as soon as you realize that, the better off we'll get along, the better the show will be. I don't want to get along with you. I don't even like you that much. <laughs> <laughs> even more so than they. Uh, this, this kills me. 1991, but although it's based in the 80s, um, and actually Cusack plays a bad guy. He plays the uh, morally bankrupt... Uh, uh, crony who runs for office and uh, you know, Spader plays a good guy. Spader plays the uh, the you know, law. You're being irresponsible right now. You know why? Why? Because there are a lot of young, we have a lot of young listeners, all right? And and we kind of guide their entertainment choices. And you are going to kill somebody's night when they go and they rent this. They're like, oh, yeah, sorry about tonight. I blame Spears. But you know what I'm going to do? <laughs> that Instead would be the first of time renting True Colors, I have a film that's fun for everybody. Go ahead. And this is awesome. I have this on DVD. One of the great action movies of all time. A little thing I like to call Con Air, baby. Con Air. You okay? No. Good. Glad we didn't shoot it down, huh? Oh, yeah. It worked out much better this way. Listen, I... I to apologize about the car. I know a good body shop in Fresno. It's insured. Was born in that car. Worked out nicely then. Con Air. Look at that rictus grin on your face. My God, who are you, the Joker? Is- Con Air is so much fun. And I got Malkovich in again. <sighs> and Max von Sydow. Actually, he's not in. <laughs> That'd it. be great, though. That would be. It's um, so great. Yeah, Steve Buscemi's great in that. Yeah, you love. Don't, you don't have to pretend no, you hate all my. You choices. know, here's my problem. I, Con I have, Air is I have such a, problem. a guy flick. No. It's so much fun. Con-, Con Air. Here's the problem with Con Air. Nick Cage. And Nick Cage. Anytime Nick Cage tries to do an accent. He fails miserably. And the other example Cameron of that... Cameron Poe. He's Cameron Poe. Raising Arizona is a piece of crap oh, because you, you giant Nick Cage... You giant... No. How can you say Nick that Cage about one of the greatest comedies of uh-uh, all time? Not Coen Brothers? Erroneous. Oh, my God. So you don't get any of the Coen Brothers No, movies. I do, That's but I don't problem. get this one. Fake True accents... True Colors? True Colors is what you call no. entertainment? No. Fake accents piss me off. Just like you try to have a fake accent in there and <laughs> pretend you're not Canadian. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Did I, I let that slip? His... All right, can we go back to John Sean Cusack? Sean Daly no, of Manitoba. <laughs> Let's go back to John Cusack and Con Air. Was he even in Con Air? What did he uh, play? Yes, he plays U.S. Marshal Vince Larkin. Vince Larkin. Yeah, there's, and it's so great because we'll it's John Cusack's take on a Jerry Bruckheimer uh, action hero, and he wears sandals. Sand- it's a great little touch. Great touch. He's kind of like the liberal, um, the liberal like Avenger. I love it. I love it that John Cusack still kept his beliefs, his quirky uh, eccentricities. Con Air is so much fun. Billy uh, Bedlam's in there. Who? <laughs> it's a great movie. You I just, love it. I like when you fake enthusiasm for a movie like you're doing right now. Bullshit. This is true, genuine enthusiasm. No. Dude, true colors. I've seen you do sincerity, and t- this ain't at- it. This oh, is something shut up. totally I've never different. Done, you've never seen me sin- sin- sincere. Around you? <laughs> I'm faking it, baby. Let me say something to the kids of America listening right now. If you want to have a good night, who would you rather be your cruise director on a night? If you had to plan, one of us had to plan your fun weekend, who would you rather have plan it? Me, Sean Daly, or Steve Spears, who's going to tell you, like, crawl into a bottle of wild turkey and cry? At least I get them through the weekend, Daly. <laughs> 
alcoholism. You, you go, no. no you'll I have, you'll, you'll have the booze. alcoholism. I spread it out over the whole weekend. You condense it into eight hours. You then spread it out, sh- all right. <laughs> Let's go. Auction off. We'll auction off a night with Sean and a night with Steve. Either way, you need tissues. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you do. <laughs> For all sorts of reasons. Okay, let's move on. Who's got one left on their list? I do. You do, too. Go ahead. What's yours? Uh, now, this I'm, I'm going to say this right now. This is my favorite John Cusack movie, okay? In fact, it's one of my favorite movies of all time, and I know that you hate it. Boring. And it's a movie called Gross Point Blank. Oh, God. I'm get our relationship straight for a minute, all right? I ain't getting into this business having relationships. But I don't want to join your goddamn union, all right? Loner, lone gunman, get it? That's the whole point. I like the lifestyle, the image, look at the way I dress. Why don't you become a cop or something? You can have coffee in the morning with friends. Look, this is a one-on-one business. The minute you start relationships, bad things start happening. <sighs> if it'll make you feel any better, I think this is my last job. Oh, so what do you say with that? What do you say we put away our guns? Forget the whole goddamn thing and have some breakfast. All right. Here's the thing. All right, and I'm gonna I'm gonna learn you right now. I'm gonna do some learning <sighs> on you. Gross Point Blank, even though it was made in 1997, is truly an ultimate 80s movie because it's all about how the 80s generation tried to function after their salad days. You, dude, you love. <laughs> Come on, that's not cool. You're distracting me with like penis humor. I had, a, I had a good soliloquy going, and you ruined it. No, forget it. No. Forget it. Kids, again, gross point blank, go rent it. No. But it is. You always talk about how lost you are. Yeah, Martin Q. Blank is lost. I'll give you that. Oh, I, so, okay. So tell me why you don't like gross point blank. I'm serious. I, like, I really, really love it. Okay, I keep think it's him almost up. perfect. No, there's something wrong with it. Well, A, there's, a again, no chemistry between him and Minnie Driver. Oh, my God. That's the biggest crock of shit ever. There's incredible chemistry oh, between him and Minnie Driver. They each other. Because he left her. And so she has to be prickly, but also she really likes him, so uh, she's happy to see him again. And so it's this kind of flirtation, like, no. push me, pull you, I hate you, I love you. The whole thing that you and I do every friggin' week. No, there's, it's, there's, no, it's not you're there. You're wrong. You know what? And 80s Nation, you know you're going to get pummeled. I can't wait to read the letters next show where, like, Some, Spears, you're an idiot. Just, it has its moments. I mean, I like the... It's got a decent soundtrack. It's got it's, a great soundtrack. Because basically he's going back to his class reunion, class of 86, I think. And, um... It know. has that, um... That re, uh, remix of Let My Love Open the Door. Pete yeah. Townsend. Yeah. I love that song. That is, it's, it's a great E. coli mix, I think it's called. It's a yeah. weird... Yeah. Name. I love that. I can tell you, I can tell you oh, flat out... Oh, that scene at the, the reunion... When the baby and John John Cusack was looking at the baby, it's so out of place. It, that that scene happens, and you're like, "What is this going on?" No, it falls apart. It falls apart as soon as they go to the reunion together. That movie falls apart. It's wrong. Just, no, it's perfect all the way through. No, no, and the, the whole the whole relationship between uh, I mean his sister. I mean he does too many movies with his sister. The but Joan Cusack and John Cusack have a very awkward. Uh, relationship and chemistry in that movie and that kills it as well Wrong. i don't even know if she's in there because i mean i don't know why she's in there i don't even think you need that role i think you take her out and that movie's Dude, better you're nitpicking now you're nitpicking and it's not even true. i don't think it's a very the thing it's like his violence he's a hitman now so the the violence is and the the chaos is representative of our lives spiraling out of control as we get you're older. just making crap up no, now i'm not I'm telling the truth. That has nothing to do you with this what? movie. What's your last movie? Huh? Eight Come men on. out. Come on, Ebert. Eight What's men your last out. movie? Eight men out. Oh, I thought you said something else. 
I rented that other one once. <laughs> All right, great. See, look, same I can't, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, tell me, tell us about uh, Eight Men Out. Jeez, this the true story of the Chicago Black Sox in the nineteen nineteen World Series is actually, I guess, the is it the only movie on our list that's actually based on uh, a real story? Everything else, Con is, Air. Yeah, of course. <laughs> one crazy um, summer. Uh, Eight Men Out is uh, John Cusack plays Buck Weaver, the great Buck Weaver, who was not in on the fix in the World Series, didn't take any money, played his heart out, made no errors, batted over 300, but still was thrown out of baseball yeah. because he knew about the fix and he didn't tell anybody. Great movie. It's Joe Jackson. <laughs> what? Get out of here. <laughs> Who's Joe Jackson? Look at how he's hitting us. He's killing us out there. Uh, double, two home runs. These bushers make peanuts less. Jackson made a fortune on those games. It's him. You ever see him play? Yeah, I saw pictures. Pictures. I saw him play. Yeah? What do you think? He was the best. Run, hit, throw. He was the best. So what do you think? Is that him? No. Those fellas are all gone now. You ready for a pop quiz real quick? Sure. True or false? The uh, nickname Black Sox was already in use before the 1919 scandal. True. But why? I don't know. Because uh, it's a reference to the fact that uh, the owner of the White Sox, Charles Comiskey, refused to wash the uniforms of the team. They had to wash them themselves. Really? Hence, they by the end of the season, they looked pretty filthy, and hence they became the Black Sox. Was that a cost-cutting measure? He yep. wouldn't wash them? Yep, he was a cheap oh, skate. Good. and. You know what else is a cost-cutting measure? What? Seggies. Yeah, the only thing that might be able to heal our wounds. Seggies. Ah, time for Reader Mailbag. And I picked out three this week, and Sean's not going to like any of them. Uh, I love them all, Steve. You have great taste in mail. Uh, our first letter... <laughs> doesn't sound right. <laughs> Yeah, it's from Rush Cress, and Rush says, Sean, please, I love you, but give me a bleeping break. Once or twice an episode is fine, but do you have to sing every goddamn song? Steve, do something. I'm halfway through your latest podcast, and I'm cringing every two minutes. For the love of Pete, Invisible Airways. <laughs> Rush Cress is a douchebag. <laughs> uh, just kidding, Rush. Uh, not too much singing this time. I think uh, your friend Kondo Girl also complained about the singing. Yeah, there was a lot of complaints. But you know what? Fans of the show. She says have... there's not enough edge in it. Did we give him edge? This did we give edge to my singing or like to this to our storytelling? Well, we gave her some edge this week. <laughs> Probably gonna make it out of here alive. Yeah, That's... how about that, Kondo Girl? Huh? You like that? God. You know, does every every woman you have to date have to be so critical of the bleeping show? You know, all the women that I date love it. The, the women that you date won't even talk to you anymore. <laughs> I date one woman. Yeah, I know. I'm just talking about 17 your... years in my 19... 19- oh, I was just kidding anyway. All right, Rush Crest, thank you for your letter. Uh, not too much singing. But I'm not going to stop singing because a lot of people love it. Yeah. <laughs> letter number two from Luke near Seattle, Washington. Hey, everyone. Demented and sad but social will definitely pop into your mind after this. <laughs> oh, sorry, I got the giggles. Oh, that was my problem. All right. Apparently, I've been so stuck that I've been completely ignorant of stuck in the 80s until two weeks ago. 
my best friend that I've known since 1979, also seriously stuck in the 80s, introduced me to your show two weeks ago. And after listening to a couple of random episodes, I've downloaded the entire four-year catalog and started listening from the very beginning. How long have we been doing this show? Four years. Is it four years? Yeah. Four and a half now. Is it really? God, yeah. Oh, come on. Wow. I love when people tell us that they've gone back and, uh, you know, totally random. I was doing a story at Disney World the other day. Yeah. Total random guy came up to me and said, hey, I, I just want to let you know I love the show. Can you believe that? That's pretty bizarre. I mean, he, did, how did he know who you were? No, I didn't have a name tag on or anything. I mean, I'm also a very uh, popular celebrity in the uh, Orlampa area. <sighs> okay. And the letter continues. So far, I'm up to episode 81. Quick, what's episode 81? Wopat. Is it really? No, I'm just kidding. It might be. I'm just kidding. It's not Wopat. And I'm loving every episode except two. Uh-oh. Here are the two we hated. Apparently, I'm not a true child of the 80s because I've never seen Say Anything or Some Kind of Wonderful. So I've temporarily skipped over the podcast about those until rectified. Hmm, you wonder if he'll listen to this show. He better. Yeah, I hope. Uh, so I look forward to writing again in another 200 plus episodes. And thanks for the 81 I've heard so far. Luke, Seattle, Washington. Nice. Thank you, Luke. I, I really, really, really do love that. People listen to a couple new ones, and we hear it all the time. They go back and listen from the beginning. You, you almost have to sometimes to get the storyline. Yeah. But if you, if you were going to pick it up midstream, you know. Remember- when does the storyline really begin? I, Mama No is early, right? Yeah, that's in the first 30 episodes. Yeah, I think somebody said the other day on our on our Facebook uh, fan page that it is ACDC versus Guns N' Roses, Guns and Roses is yeah. uh, Mama No. When Gina left the, the show, the modern era begins. And that's kind of mean because, I mean, Gina was the heart and soul of the, uh, especially the abuse section of the show. The progenitor almost. Yeah, I, mean, I, miss, I miss her abuse. I do too. But um, sadly. But then, yeah, it really turned into the sausage hang. Right. And then uh, all the stories started spinning out of control. Exactly. Anyway. But yeah, episode 81. I'm sure, boom, somebody out there knows that. I know 80. Number 80 is stuck in the 70s. That's when we went back. Oh, God. That one I remember, but I don't remember 81. I need to go back and listen to some of these shows. I bet they're great. I bet we really have fun. Someone says you're a really good producer. I I, I just can can take the word for it. (laughs) Okay, and the third letter is from Birdman. We'll also hear from Birdman a little bit later, too, in PPTMN. Hey, Sean and Steve. It's me, Birdman. I discovered your podcast earlier this summer and have already listened to all the episodes except the Halloween commentary. Don't listen. Uh, Lonnie, is it easier to watch this movie if you keep one eye closed? <laughs> I don't say that, Yeah, do you I? do. God, yeah. I, that was a bad, bad night. Poor Steph Hayes. Did you, that night ended with you throwing up, right? No, never, never. It did, right? Not in Steph's car. No, but at home. In, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I'm trying to... like st- Nights that end with one of us throwing up. Yeah. That, uh, maybe. <laughs> there's more than 80 episodes of that as well. God, I don't know what I was thinking. All those little... Did you make me little Smokies that night? Uh, I know you had Crown Royal that night. Is that the last time I... That was not the last time I've been No, there. last no, time Purple there Rain was, is... Pr- Last time you were there was Sleepy Sleepy. Oh, that's when and, we watched um, uh, yeah. Forgetting Sarah Marshall, which I finally just got through. It's great. Oh, my God. Dude, I know. You fell asleep when Sleepy Sleepy. Right, you said that right before you uh, showed I, me Trust your... me. Trust me. I had so much alcohol that Little night. Little Spears. Sleeping was the best thing that could have happened to yeah, me. It would have killed nice. normal people. Oh, you know why you were drinking so much that night is because you had refed the football game and you were bruised. Remember? 
Oh when yeah. You went ass over teacups, and you were all bruised like crazy, and so you were just bombed by the time I got there. That's true. I do remember that now. Yeah. And I can never, and I didn't have a designated driver, aka Stephanie Hayes. Oh so. God, that's been almost a year ago. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I know. All right. Who's talking here? Oh, Birdman. All right. Birdman continues. As I listen to all of the podcasts, I never dreamed I would hear you talk about something I had experienced firsthand. The letter from Farmer Ted in episode 177. What? Quick. Episode 177. What is it? Wopat. <laughs> uh, referred to attending an air, air supply concert where Rush, Russell Hitchcock was wearing a cast from face planting off a stage at a previous show. Well, I can tell you that he face planted at the Minnesota State Fair. Had, had you heard of this? I, I, heard, I remember the story about him falling off the stage, but I don't remember where it happened. Wow. My sister was at that concert, and the rest of my family was waiting outside the grandstand for the concert to finish. We were hanging out near the TV station and saw a breaking story on the news that one of the guys from Air Supply had fallen off the stage. I don't mean to laugh. It's not funny at all. A little bit. When my sister joined <laughs> us after the show, she was unaware that he had fallen from the stage. Apparently, her seats were worse than Spearsy's at the Genesis show. Oh, great. Thanks. Oh, wow. Also, my fifth grade teacher was Mrs. <sighs> Wopat. I sense a theme. Yeah. She was married to none other than Tom Wopat's cousin. Given the height of the Dukes of Hazard popularity in the early 80s, she was practically a celebrity. Keep up the great work. Firmly stuck in the 80s. Birdman. He had to mention the Genesis show, didn't he? Yeah, but I love it. I love when people bring up those little details from our shows. That's true. I, I literally had the last row on the far end of the stadium for Genesis Invisible Touch Tour, Orlando, Florida, in the old Tangerine Bowl that is now called the Citrus Bowl. But it's still a piece of crap. Yeah. I love, too, when someone will come up with a joke that I've said on the show and I have no recollection of it. Oh, like know? baloney? Baloney. Yeah, baloney. I, well, now people reminded me, you know. But then they'll come up and they'll be like, hey, Sean, you know, slap it a slap it a. You know? And then they'll look at me. I'm like, yeah, that was crazy, that one. <laughs> you know, slap it a slap it a from episode 96 about Wopat. <laughs> anyway, so there you go. Thank you, Birdman. Thank you, Luke. And thank, well, no. F you, Rush Crasher. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny? I mean, Air Supply, how many, how many 80s concerts did you see this year? You didn't see as many as I did, right? Uh, we, we see together. Uh, we saw Kiss together. Is that really 80s, though? Uh, semi, it's retro. Metallica. I didn't go to Metallica. I went to that. I didn't go to ACDC. We didn't see a lot of shows together this year. You didn't go to Air Supply. I went to Air Supply. That might actually be the best concert I saw all year. Wow. Bizarre. Better than Kiss? Yeah, Kiss was just loud and hammy. What? Why? Psychedelic so Furs were great. First, I saw Aria Speedwagon on Friday. They were nice. You know, the last couple of years you've kind of uh, bailed out on some shows, but you've done a lot of shows this year. Yeah, you're back on the concert scene again. I love it. Do you ever get recognized? No. What What happens a lot of times is the next day I'll get emails from people saying, "Oh, I saw you sitting over there, but I didn't want to bother you because it looked like you were working." I'm like, <laughs> working on what? Sweating? <laughs> <laughs> working up a sweat, maybe. No, I take notes. I take notes during the show. Oh, you do? Yeah. You do that just like bag babes. I do it because I'm working. No, you I, do it I write it up on the... All the, all the you do it as a prop. See, that's your whole that's life. That's not true. That's fu- erroneous. <laughs> I write up all these things on my blog. Oh, it just pissed me off. <laughs> all right. Tell them how uh, they can send... Don't roll your eyes at me. You tell them how they can send any mail. No. You send no all the answers know. this week. <laughs> I have no idea, actually. Email usually works. Stuck in these at tampabay.com. What's up?
happening, hot stuff? Ah, by the sound of the tune, it must be time for Mystery Movie Moment. Hey, it's a segment where I play a piece of a movie from the 80s, and if you can get it right, I'll send you a band, a little band poster. I guess it's more like a sticker when you think about it. we got it. more of those. I don't want to, I don't want to like oversell the fact, uh, the posterishness quality of it, because it's literally the size of a bumper sticker. Yeah, this ain't something that's going to like cover your room. No, no, cover like a, like a, nook, a nook or a cranny. Or a nipple. But not both. <laughs> The um oh I hope this show is edgy enough for your flipping girlfriend. I don't have a flipping girlfriend. There's Condo Girl. Oh, we don't use Jesus. labels. Nobody really thinks it will work, do they? No. We just described every great success story. Now, why don't you be like me and settle down? <laughs> okay, mystery movie moment. I love this. Okay, here was last week's clip. Man, it's time you stop pissing your talents away. The team could use you. Do you recognize it, Sean? I do. You'd be the only one then. What? American I joke. Do we really have no? Uh, that's winners? American Anthem. <gasps> Janet Jones, right? Yeah. But uh, nobody got it right. And uh, what's his name? Milt. Is it Milt something? What's it? Mitch Gaylord. Mitch Gaylord. Yeah. I was gonna say Milt Gaylord. <laughs> no, I just, it's my old janitor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nobody got it right. I love Janet Jones. Think of all the postage you'll save this week. That's She's true. awful in this movie. She can't act at all. No, she can't. But she's hot. See you next week for our interview with Janet. No. <laughs> Pay attention. Here's this week's mystery clip. If you know it, email us at stuckneys at timbay.com and then tune in next week to find out if you're a wiener. Ah, the mystical refrain that is named that 80s tune. Hey, weekly segment where we play a piece of a song from the 80s and again... Those nipple covering uh, posters <laughs> are all yours. They would kind of hurt, I would think, when you tear them off. Oh, I imagine that adhesive. So- adhesive is now toxic. <laughs> They've been around for like yeah. thirty-five years. You'd probably like melt your skin. Yeah. Why oh. ah, Spears? Lawsuits. We get sued. <laughs> we were just kidding about the nipples. <laughs> Don't do it. Jesus. Oh man. Mm. Uncomfortable. Just thinking about it. Stop rubbing your nips. <laughs> it's throwing me off. Come on, name that 80s tune. So okay. Your game. Pay attention. Here was last week's clip. That's Kiss with Lick It Up. Oh, I love Lick It Up. They did Lick It Up. Lick It Up. Did they do it in concert? Lick It Up. And then they harmonized. Ah. <laughs> like they're the Beach Boys for Lick It Up. <laughs> Like oh, anybody can man. tell. Oh, I got to tell you about that concert because we didn't sit together for that show because you were you were up in your press seats and I was on the floor. But I was I, in the two hundred level for a while. Were you? Yeah, I was Yeesh. up. I, Kiss gave me crappy press seats. I don't understand. I don't understand that at all. I don't care. The, the Stones gave me like third row center. Yeah, Stones. ACDC gave you good ones. Oh my god, ACDC was great too. David Foster. The, other <laughs> <laughs> the um. Kiss the two people sitting next to me were so intoxicated. You seem to get that all the time. It, yeah, but literally, there's this. Uh, it was this woman. She's like, "Yeah, probably about the same age as me." And I'm like, "Uh, <laughs> yeah." She's like, "I'm 43 years old." Oh like, Jesus! And she's like, "She's my boyfriend's the best boyfriend." I mean, she's just. I mean, every breath is just like, "Oh, you're killing me!" It's like, with you, all that pyro up there. It's kind of dangerous. I know. You know? And uh, make it up. <laughs> So I told her, I said, well, you know, just, you know, I might write something for the blog. You're a writer. I'm like, well, you know, I do some writing for this, for the times. Then you're like my new favorite celebrity. And I'm like, oh God, please just 
Oh, Can God, you change? I'd rather have your boyfriend rub it up against me at this point. <laughs> it was she bad. She said she was 43, but she looked older. Eh, she'll 43. Yeah. In case she's listening. Call me. <laughs> but um, that was probably the most... We've seen a lot of shows at the Forum. And that, that, the Forum always seems to be the drunkest venues for concerts, don't you think? Oh, yeah. Bon Jovi. But you always seem to get... You were at the um, REO Speedwagon Night Ranger stick show the other night at Ford Amphitheater in Tampa, and you said you had more problems with another... Oh, uh, God, yeah. Well, because two rows in front of me, some two obnoxious people who wouldn't sit down. They wanted to da- dance the whole time. Oh. Were they dancing to Sister Christian? Tommy sit the hell down. Sh- Tommy Shaw came out for Sister Christian. Well, it was kind of nice. But, um, you were hard on sticks. Man, you were hard on them. I'm sorry. You've got two original members left now. <laughs> i tell you what. Let's just get back to it. Ready? Wow, you're so bitter. All right. So did anyone win? Yes. Yeah, start reading them All off. Right, here we go. We have Don and the Sticks. Todd Cunningham, Rochelle Rochelle Peterson from Houston, the man known only as Rowan, Farmer Ted of Kansas, Joe B. from Athens, Georgia, Walter Coxie Cox, Ian from Baltimore, Alastair Burns from Canada, boo, Damian P., Jerry Ramsey from Oklahoma, and Sandra Rado, a.k.a. Kiss Freak Shandy. That's a great name. Are you sure that's not who was sitting next to you, Kiss Freak Shandy? <laughs> oh. God, I didn't even think about that. Kiss Freak Shandy, I still like you. I don't think you're she was nice. She was she was very yeah. Cute. Look at you, that's great. But she, but I'm sure she woke up the next day and had a mighty headache. So she calls you a celebrity, and this is how you treat her. You have a fan now. I do feel bad. Yeah, Kiss Freak Shandy, crying. She now. was very no. She was very the pleasant. Laughter has turned into tears. <laughs> Welcome to my life. All right, give him a new one. Pay attention. Here's this week's mystery clip. If you know it, email us at stuckinthe80s at tampabay.com and you too can sit next to Kiss Freak Shanty. Please, please tell me now. Please, please tell me now. Ah, yes, time for Please, Please Tell Me Now. The uh, segment where we take a uh, reader question. This week, the question is for Sean Dale. Finally. Sean. No more of that World War II crap. People loved that. Yeah, I know. It's I like sacred it. It was them. very, very nice. Uh, Sean, I'm going to put together a collection of soft hits from the 70s. Ooh, yeah. And would like to have your personal top 100 <laughs> list. <laughs> top 100? Tell you what, I'll give you 10 to start with. Sincerely, Birdman. I Man. love, um, some might say that I love 70s soft hits more than 80s music. You do too, though. Come on. But here, I want everybody now to gather around the Victrola. <laughs> If you, even, if you say to? Afternoon Delight, I'm going to stab you It's not on pen. here. I have them all written down. Seriously, I have them all written down. I just, off the top of my head, in the break. Ready for this? Go ahead. All right. Orleans, dance with me. Dance with me. Uh, uh, <laughs> I want to be your partner, Speezy. And Still the One by Orleans. Great. America, I need you. How's that Sus- go? I need you. Like the mountains need <laughs> you know I need you. Shut up. Uh, bread. Baby, I'ma want you. Baby, I'ma need you. Uh, I'm not gonna sing all these. You'll know the, you'll know bread? I guess. I would give everything I own. I would give everything. <laughs> really? Oh, Spears. Yeah, the people out there are flabbergasted that you'll know any of these songs. And it's not because I'm singing them like crap. Keep going. Ten CC, I'm not in love. You're just trying to get me to sing. I swear to God, I don't know. I'm not in love. No, that I've never heard. Uh, the things we oh, do for oh, love. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, the things yeah, we yeah. do for love. Also by 10CC. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, Chicago's If You Leave Me Now. 
Yeah, yeah. you like that. Jim Croce's Time in a Bottle. Oh. Um, oh. Captain Sneal's Love Will Keep Us Together. Yeah. And we rip on him a lot. A lot. Uh, but I love this song. It was 1973. Ringo Starr Photograph. I can't get used to I like that. He didn't do it when we saw him. That stinking all That was a bad thing. night. <laughs> That's a bad night. The best is that I would leave at the end after he does, like, with a little help from my friends. <laughs> I'm still waiting for Colin Hay to come back and do overkill. And you're, like, looking at me like, dude, he's not coming back. <laughs> That's funny. But he didn't do Photograph that night. It's a beautiful song. Great song. There you go. There's my uh, 70s list. You know Dance With Me still the one? So yeah, I know about half of those, maybe. 10 CCs, Greg, got their greatest hits. It's an awful name for a band. Yeah, I won't even tell you what the name what the name comes from. Oh yeah, please don't. Yeah, you don't want to know. Not good. Alright, close up. PPTMN. As always, send your... Uh, you can actually send us your, your questions via Facebook or email. We're everywhere. We're global, We're like baby. Visa. <laughs> we are. In fact, we they have a everywhere. hitman out for us. Our Facebook fan page is blowing up. It's where people like to hang out now and chat with us. <laughs> If you're not ready to give up on mullets in Madonna, log on to Stuck in the 80s, just one of the many blogs you'll find at TampaBay.com, the website of the St. Petersburg Times. Relive the music, movies, and culture of the greatest decade ever, only at TampaBay.com. And so we're back. And uh, you know what? I think the pressure got to us on this show. Oh. <laughs> Why? Why draw? Yeah. That's a good illustration to give away for a prize <laughs> no hair on Look, the did you draw hair on the hood no, i just read steve on it oh that's nice um this there's a lot of pressure but you know what i think we performed admirably you know we could have uh, done i'll though? stand behind the show i know when you release it to everybody mm-hmm. uh in a couple days uh you'll denigrate it and denigrate my performance say hey sean really wasn't on his mark and then i'll listen to it and i'll find it refreshing and wonderful edgy maybe i listened to the last show that we did and i loved it yeah <sighs> The Guilty Pleasure Show, and you pooped and peed all over it. You like know, a little could, baby. Kind of makes, I still think that we could have, instead of doing Cusack this week, we could have done our tribute to Fred Savage now that uh, season three of The Wonder <laughs> Years is coming out. Don't make fun of The Wonder Years. What's wrong with The Wonder you Years? You know, uh, a girlfriend I had when I was young, uh, we had matching Wonder Years shirts. You t-shirts. didn't. I swear to God. Which one was they it? They were rainbow color, these shirts, and we'd wear them wherever we went uh, in Camp Hill, Pennsylvania, and the name of that girlfriend was Natalie Diffenbaugh. Drink, 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 blue eyes are not bright, as stars when they're shining on me. Oh, now I feel better. See, when back you, on track. yeah, see, the music you contribute to the show is sad and gloomy, and your your crying stories, and then my music is rejoiceful. Let's rejoice and drink. <laughs> when you've led the life I've had, my friend. Uh, come on, let's let's hug after this show. Let's hey, you, get some more Indian food. God. That always works out. <laughs> yeah. Well. The um, as as much as we love Cusack, we also decided to pick five movies of his. <laughs> That yeah. we didn't like so much. Yeah, we, and we saved until the end, and you know, fully with the knowledge that Kuzak will never hear this this podcast and will never hold it against us. So let's name off some of the movies that we Woo. agree. Boy, there are some stinkers on here. Ready? Yes, America's Sweetheart. Oh God, oh, man! 
Julia Roberts, Billy Crystal, Catherine Zeta-Jones. That was right when he was trying to make his like little bid for being like a uh, leading man again. Yeah, it didn't work out too well. No. Same year, Serendipity. <laughs> you know what? Some people kind of like Serendipity. The FF loves it. It drives me crazy. It's on cable all the time, and I'll come home, and she's watching Serendipity again. No, there's something about it. I kind of like Jeremy Piven, though. Yeah. Well, but, you know, they were really tight, right? Because they're, they're both from Chicago. Yeah. But now they had some weird falling out. I heard that. I think Cusack's like that. It's like Bill Murray. Like, he burns bridges everywhere he goes. And Cusack, uh, yeah, for some reason, that Piven is uh, Piven's like a big something. star on his own now. I don't know if that... If well, Piven it, seems like a piece of work, too. Well, from what I understand, Piven can't play any character other than himself. Yeah. I mean, he just plays himself. Um... Two thousand five, must love dogs. <laughs> Even though I like Diane <sighs> Lane, I think she's really hot. No, she she looks she looks grizzled in this movie. Grizzled, grizzled. Is that a word? Yeah, yeah, you did. She doesn't right. look good. <laughs> he did okay there. Um, Elizabeth Perkins is okay. Christopher Plummer looks like he's just reading lines what out of the hell is out of his. Christopher Plummer doing. I don't know. He's awful in this. Uh, Stalker Channing is pathetic. It's just it's a. You know, there's nothing that Cusack does wrong. I mean, he does everything he can to carry this movie, but it's just a bad script with, with bad acting by good by good actors. Yeah. Um, nineteen ninety eight, the Thin Red Line, the um, World War Two movie based in the Pacific, I believe. Um, normally, I'm I'm a World War Two movie to me is gold. This this one's not. No, I can't. I, I don't. I, I think I walked out of it. Bronze. Oh yeah, it's long too. It's like, really long. Really it goes long. on forever. And uh, for for the final uh, <laughs> 2010, we haven't seen it yet. We're just assuming it's going to be one of his five worst movies. The Hot Tub Time Machine, and the the tag is after a night of drinking Red Bull and vodka, as a group of guys travel back in time to when they were younger cads. <laughs> now, Red Bull and vodka is sort of your bailiwick. That is, it's my daily wick. <laughs> that sounds a little yeah, dirty, doesn't too. It doesn't it? Look at my daily wick. <laughs> But uh, Cusack's in it, Chevy Chase, Crispin Glover's in it. It's hey, you could also say that Pushing Ten belongs on that list. You, I know you wouldn't go all the way over to crap. I hated it. I thought it was garbage. It's not a good movie. But you, I'm kinda, strangely you, attracted. I always wanted to be because I, I want to be a, uh, I want to be a flight. Uh, I want to be an air traffic controller. And the the sixth, I should say, the sixth uh, movie on my list was The Grifters, another one we disagree on. Not good enough for my top five, though. There's something about the movie that makes me uncomfortable. No. Would it be the full frontal scene of Annette Bening? No, that, that makes me feel all warm and fuzzy. <laughs> anyway, well, we love John Cusack. In fact, uh, have yourself a John Cusack film festival. Might not want to put 2012 <laughs> or Hot Tub Time Machine on there, but definitely put on Gross Point Blank and Con Air before Steve's True Colors. <laughs> That's just mean. You, know, you showed your true colors by picking true colors, and they're gray. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's all we got for this week. We thank you as always. Tune in next week while Sean and I will be here, still firmly stuck in the 80s. Stuck in the 80s is produced by the St. Petersburg Times and TampaBay.com. Special thanks to Check Battery Daily for providing music for the credits. Read the blog at blogs.tampabay.com and remember to subscribe to the podcast at iTunes. Resolution.